Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Coiling Solution, where we look to empower you with awareness and actionable insights. You know, during the first half of this year, we've seen a tremendous amount of impact on businesses, resulting in spiking unemployment rates. Over 20 million people have filed for unemployment benefits, and many of them with a high level of uncertainty about when they may return to their places of employment, particularly in service industries such as restaurants, hotels, etc., as well as those in the gig economy. During this episode, we're going to focus on solutions for how best to prepare yourself to secure your next position. And joining me to discuss this topic is my good friend, Chris McGuigan. Chris, how are you? I am good, James. How are you? Good. Good to see you. It's good to see you. I love the intro music. It kind of gets you ramped up. It does, doesn't it? It's like a real radio show. That's what I'm working on. I'm working on my radio show. <laughs> well, let, let me properly introduce Chris. Uh, Chris, early in Chris's career, a supervisor coined the term professional courage to describe her direct and fearless approach to problem solving. Chris McWiggin now brings that same bold outlook to her clients and their career aspirations. In founding Professional Courage, Chris translated 15 years of corporate success into a targeted mission, empowering high potentials to step up and stand out in the marketplace. She built a premier career services firm from the ground up, replacing a six-figure income within 24 months of leaving her corporate position. In 2019, Chris was honored as an entrepreneurial woman of note by Crane's Cleveland Business. Chris is distinguished as a board-certified coach with 200-plus hours of training alongside some of the industry's top experts. She also holds the prestigious ACRW designation, making her one of only a handful of Academy-certified resume writers across the globe to also hold an MBA. With a brand formed by courage and constancy, Chris uses her own story to guide clients and audiences to success in an ever-changing changing job market. When not on stage or in the office, she and her husband, Rick, enjoy time with their two children, Claire Matthew, and a mini golden named Jeffrey. So again, Chris, welcome to The Coiling Solution. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. I'm, I'm glad you're here. So so let's start here. I always like to ask a question that uh, will help folks get to know you just that much more. What is one thing you might share with The Coiling Solution audience that people who even know you really, really well may not know about you? I'm going to say, uh, going back in time a little bit, that I can ride a unicycle. Really? Yeah. So growing up, uh, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and my parents were great at just creating a lot of different experiences for us. Like they wanted us to have exposure to all kinds of different things. Uh-huh. I had an older brother that I really looked up to. He somehow knew someone or expressed interest in wanting to learn how to do that. So my parents gave him access and training to the resources that he could learn. And then he taught me so I can ride a unicycle. Oh, look at that. You ought to go on, uh, what is it? America's Got Talent. I saw a guy on there. <laughs> okay, well, we, we could still go. Like that was his thing. Although I will say it was the biggest, you know, the tallest unicycle I've ever seen in my life. So, you know. Yeah, I like to keep it close to the ground. It's been quite some time <laughs> since I've gotten on one. So I'm not sure that I can ride one well, but I do know how to ride one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. Okay. So now let me ask you this, you know, with that, intro right and what we're going to talk about I'm, I'm just curious even before we go into some of the questions what's the temperature like in the job market right now relative to the, the services you provide how would you describe it like in in less than three words what would you say i think there is fear i think there is opportunity 
And I would say a lack of focus, which I know is three mm. words in and of itself. Mm. Fear, opportunity, and a lack of focus. Okay. The first two I expected, the third one I didn't expect. That's good. Fear, opportunity, lack of focus. Okay, good. So let's drill down on those. Okay. Sure. Awesome. I'm writing those down. Fear, opportunity, lack of focus. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So now when you think about, you know, folks being displaced, uh, that often show up on your doorstep and some, some who don't, a lot of people don't engage career services. Um, they leave themselves yes. to their own devices and uh, a lot's changed over the years, given the internet and other things you can use. How should people who were displaced from one job prepare themselves for a new job, particularly when they need it almost immediately? I mean, and not, let's not say almost immediately. You have a, a big, group of folks who need it like now, now, like yesterday, like yesterday. Yeah. Right. Sure. So I think that's my comment about lack of focus, where it would come in the most is I think the tendency because of the fear that folks have job seekers have mm-hmm. is to immediately try to just put themselves out there anywhere that they can think might be an opportunity. Mm. And it really, unfortunately, doesn't create the kind of focus that you would want to have around a career management plan. So getting focused, meaning understanding what your story is, which very simply is what value do I bring to the table and where? So if I'm a project manager, why am I great at being a project manager? Well, I can create calm out of chaos. If I'm an operations manager or operations lead, why am I great at that? Well, because I always deliver results and I keep the bottom line in mind. Whatever the case is, however you can quickly articulate, this is my why by ROI. This is why you should bring me on your staff. And then make sure that you are building your brand, both verbal and written, around that ROI Mm. so that there's a clear focus for you about the kind of opportunities you're going to go after and a very clear um, value proposition that those hiring agents and potential employers can hold on to when they're looking at you as a candidate. Yeah. Now, there was a lot you said in that. Um, I want to try to unpack some of that because the, the idea of expressing your value and telling your story. It's so funny because I actually just did a, a write up around this the other day. One of my success thought of the day is this whole idea of telling your story. And the, I use this acronym called favor, uh, which is um, the facts. What actions did you take? The value you created, the obstacles you had to overcome to create that value. And then the recurring benefits, meaning, you know, the co- continuous Love ongoing it. things. Cause a lot of times the value is the in year value, which is often truncated and prorated and people don't get it. And you need to really express that recurring benefit that the company is going to experience over and over again. And so when you talk about that, help me get a, a sense for when you initially meet with many of your clients, and you get them to begin talking about what they want to do is the initial reaction usually to focus on, I just want to replace the job I came from. So I am focused on if I came from job a, I'm looking for more like job a. That would actually be great uh, if that were the case and it's not. And so, especially in this world, when I say the lack of focus and the fear relating those words back People instead are like, I need to go get a paycheck. I need a job. Got it. So I was just, I'm just off the phone with a, um, a client that I was talking with who uh, is at a management level, almost near a director role. And her tendency at this point is to go out and just start applying to coordinator positions. Mm. I mean, she was about applying to an admin spot. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just need to be aware that number one, it takes your energy away from where you really should be focusing. Got it. And oftentimes people are turned away from those jobs that are outside of their value proposition 
because they're not marketed appropriately for them. So now my existing fear that I'm never going to get a job again, or I won't get a job in this marketplace is compounded by, they don't even want me to answer phones. I'm not even qualified to do that, which is Mm. not the case. It's that you're not marketed to do that. Yeah, marketed to do that. Got it. So when you give people advice when they, when, when, you know, follow up on your point of, okay, great. So understand your value. So you can be focused, build your brand around your ROI. If a person comes back and says, well, I'm not sure how to articulate my ROI, what advice do you then give them? Sure. Um, If they're talking with me, I'm going to ask them just a couple quick questions. Like, forget about being in an interview. Just tell me what makes you good at your job. Why do you love what you do? Right. Um, And people across the spectrum, whether they are an entry level professional or all the way up to my C-suite candidates will be saying, well, I want to help other people or I want to drive the bottom line. Okay. That's something a lot of people could say. I want to know what makes you specifically good at this. What about driving the bottom Mm. line really gets you going? And then they might start to extrapolate around, um, you know, it's really bringing together teams that can create sustainable results when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And they'll use those actual words while they're just answering me in a casual conversation. And I say, okay, well, that is your unique value. And so getting people to move beyond the, I like to help people, or I want to make a difference, just asking a few more intellectually curious questions about that helps them to start to bring that forward. And there's nothing special about me asking that question. They could sit down with a spouse, a partner, a friend, and just ask someone to dive a little bit deeper into what it is they do and why they like to do it. And they're likely going to start to say things that subjectively they just don't realize about themselves. That's good. That's good. So if they go through that step and get that piece together, you help them unleash their uh, thinking around their value and get some bullets on the page and they start to get those things together. What else can they then then do to really improve their attractiveness as a candidate, right? Because there's so many people who are out there competing for likely the same position that they are. Sure. So making sure that one of the elements of those marketing materials is a very strong online profile. Mm. Research tells us that 94% of recruiters are finding and vetting their candidates on LinkedIn. So it's absolutely the place to be for anyone who wants to advance their career or certainly who might find themselves in the midst of an unexpected search. And it's not just about having a strong profile that is in alignment with that brand we talked about. Right. It's also using the platform. You know, people will tell me I don't have time or I'm not into that, but it doesn't stop mm. them from being on Facebook four hours a day, right? We all fall into that, you know, sort of endless vacuum of <laughs> time suck. Uh, instead, you know, go on to LinkedIn, be active and start by just dipping your toe in the water with a like or a comment here, or reach out to some people in your network that you maybe worked with five, 10 years ago and just haven't touched base with. So starting to not only create your online brand, but reach out and begin to connect and network with people is incredibly important right now. Because while unemployment rates are so high, you think all kinds of people are getting hit with networking conversations. All kinds of people are getting hit with, help me, I lost my job. What can you do? Hmm. They're not getting hit with that valuable connection, a significant, meaningful connection that we all want because we're craving being caught in our own homes of just, Hey, James, remember when we worked together on that mastermind group several years back, I was thinking about you the other day. I found this article I thought you would think was valuable. What are you up to? How are you doing? That's a a valuable way to start a conversation. Such a good point. So, okay. That's such a good point. And I'm guilty as well. I think many of us have pulled back on uh, most of the normal communications in, uh, in this season. That's, that's a really, really good point. Yeah. 
That's a really good point. There's, there's lots of Zoom fatigue, but what we don't see is a fatigue from having meaningful connections, which may happen over Zoom, right? We're mm-hmm. having a meaningful conversation right now, but it it um, it's we're tired of staring at people and having meaningless conversations, right. I think. I think that's what Zoom fatigue is about. It's not about, I don't want to talk to anyone anymore. Yeah. It's quite the opposite. I want to talk to everyone because I've been inside my house for so long. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Any so LinkedIn you mentioned as one. Are there any other platforms that people should be investing their time in besides LinkedIn, or is that predominantly the place to be? LinkedIn is is certainly the predominant one. I think um, sometimes it becomes industry specific. So if um, you belong to a professional association or there's other spaces that you know your field is very engaged in, that can be valuable as well. But LinkedIn is absolutely the easiest and fastest way to kind of begin to reconnect. Uh, with individuals you haven't spoken to in some time and then start to cultivate some new conversations again, all in a very focused way. Got it. Now, one of the things you said was to also really, you know, buff up your profile and then have some activity mm-hmm. spend, spend a few minutes yeah. on what buffing up your profile looks like. Absolutely. So one of the biggest mistakes people make on LinkedIn is they just copy and paste their resume right on over. And your LinkedIn profile is not a resume. It definitely needs to relay value and accomplishments in the same way that a resume does, but it's much more conversational in nature. Mm. So by that, I mean a resume, you would imagine, you know, we write resumes and resume speak, which means it's assumed first person. I would never use a pronoun, the word I, we, or our on a resume. Um, And so I imagine this is this very clear, concise, crisp document that I'm going to hand across an executive desk during a formal interview. Think then of your LinkedIn profile, the equivalent of sitting down and having a cup of coffee with someone. It's very conversational in nature. I would have pronouns throughout my LinkedIn profile because there's more space and fields and opportunity and time to bring people through my story. Mm. So don't just copy and paste the resume over. Instead, start to connect the dots with those storylines that you just don't have the space or time to do on a resume. Mm -hmm. So you may see similar bullet points on my LinkedIn profile that you can assume came from a resume, but there's also a clear intro and sort of storyline that is weaving throughout to let you know what I did or how I moved from one job to the next or what I enjoyed about that opportunity that you wouldn't find on a simple resume. That's good. That's really good. Good. Okay. So let's say they go through those steps. They, so now they've mm-hmm. taken the time to articulate their value, get their story together, be able to speak to it both offline and online. They've started to buff up their profile. They've now started to get active, have some conversations, maybe join some of those groups on link on uh, LinkedIn and get involved in some uh, discussions on and so forth. Talk about a few things to not do. On LinkedIn or yes, on LinkedIn, um, <laughs> uh, I would not spam people, uh, meaning, well, I would not mass message anyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you, James, as an entrepreneur, similar to myself, I used to have a very secure network, even though I had a lot of connections on LinkedIn, I rarely got hit by people who were trying to sell me stuff right out the gate. And I think COVID has brought out the best in those people <laughs> because I am getting <laughs> constant, you know, mass messages people that are not taking the time to speak to me directly. Right. You know, um, I always like to make the equation of going through a job search. People tend to think that there's some sort of special strategy about how you communicate with people 
but it's just humans. It's the same kind of human conversation we would have at a grocery store. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't seen you at a grocery store, if I haven't seen you in five years and we run into each other at a grocery store, I'm not apt to run up to you and hand you my resume and say, hey, if you know anyone that's looking, I just lost my job. So why would I do that? messaging my entire network on LinkedIn in a single day to send all these people my resume when they haven't heard from me in that long. No, I would approach you and say, Hey, James, oh my gosh, it's been a while. Remember we knew each other from such and such. And I would give you a frame of reference. I would ask how you're doing. I would find out if you even wanted to be in a conversation with me. Right. And then I would read those social cues. So if you respond positively and start talking to me or asking me questions, I can assume you're open to recultivating this conversation. If instead in a grocery store, you were like, oh, hey, Chris, it's great to see you. And you sort of walked away. I would never follow you through the grocery store. Mm -hmm, Yet mm -hmm. people have this determination about their job search that they think, well, if I just keep emailing people sooner or later, I'll break through. I'm like, that's, that's not the kind of connection I want to make with someone. So I think making real personal connections with people, giving credence to the level of relationship you currently have, because if it was you and I today, James, I would reach out to you on LinkedIn and be like, Hey, quick news. I just lost such and such contract. Do you know anyone I can call? Because you and I have an ongoing give and get relationship. So you have to think about the nature of your relationship in the real world before assuming that you can leverage it in the career space. Yeah. So I would say mass emailing people on LinkedIn. And then the next is just ghost, just failing to do anything, right? People get their profile up there and they think that that's enough. You increase your visibility exponentially every time you click that like button, every time you comment. And again, you start slowly. It doesn't have to be this immensely... Um, you know, this expert comment on what's going on in the industry, sometimes it's as simple as saying, James, thanks for posting that article. It really made me think. That's good. Because then everyone in your network who sees that article sees my name. Yeah, no, that's a, that, that's so good. You know, and it really it harkens on a point that, that I firmly believe in. I, th- I think sometimes, well, two things. One, I, th- I think sometimes people believe that things on social media platforms are like, it's a different world that has a different set of rules than, you know, offline, right? Like as if the two worlds don't, uh, you know, right. <laughs> like they're two different worlds, right? Like the, it doesn't yeah, count. Two, there's like different sets of rules. Different sets Absolutely. of rules. doesn't count, right? Well, like what I did there, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't count, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and then the second thing is this idea of, um, you know, real to your point, real relationships, right? And what, what are real relationships and how you build, how you build them to a point of the, to your point, the give and get, and really, you know, um, not just being transactional, but being relational. So uh, both very points, uh, very well taken. When you uh, are in this mode right now, what I would call a, you know, let's just call it a, a, it's been an arduous year so far. A lot of people would probably consider themselves. I don't think probably a lot of people would consider themselves in crisis mode. Mm-hmm. When people show up in that mode, what do you do to try to get them to gain, get, gather a sense of calm and gather a sense of hope? Mm-hmm. So I think um, anytime that you are feeling that, anxiety of the crisis, you tend to, that's where the lack of focus starts to come in. So I think people grounding themselves in, okay, let's just talk about where it is you're trying to go. What is your top objective right now? Is it to secure a position in a field you want to stay in? 
is it to start making money next week? Because those are two very different, you know, different Mm, goals. mm -hmm. So getting really clear about what that immediate goal for you might be. And then what's the plan of action? You know, it's one thing to have a goal. It's an entirely different thing to have a system that's going to get you to that goal. And I think people um, really quickly say, okay, well, this is the job I'm going to try to go out and get. And then they just start randomly doing a bunch of different things. They apply to a hundred companies online they're reaching out to a couple people here. They're clicking submit. You know, they just start kind of going wild because there's not a formulated st- structure that they're walking through to bring those results to bear. And I think um, so. I, I think that getting clear on what the goal is, and then getting really clear on what it is you're going to do to start to move toward that goal, people begin to regain that sense of control because now they can cross things off a list. Yeah, things that will logically and rationally bring them the result they're looking for, as opposed to just you know, people will say, well, I'm going to spend four hours a day on my job search. What are you going to do in those four? That's a great idea. But if you're spending all four hours tooling around online, looking for a job application you might be interested in, that's an utter waste of everyone's time. Yes. Yes. And I think, do do you find that people underuse their actual network or, or no? I'm curious about that. I don't don't have a point of view. I'm just curious. Mm, I don't know that I have a sense across the board. I think that people um, certainly abuse their network at mm. times, again, by reaching out and, and making the wrong type of requests. I think that you find people related back to that conversation. People are generally, um, their stomach turns when they talk about networking, and it's mm. because they're not defining it properly. If networking were about going out to everyone you know and asking them to do something for you, that would make my stomach turn as well. If it were about going out to establish meaningful give and get relationships, that I'm up for. Right. So um, one additional comment I would make about that, people say, okay, well, if I'm having these conversations, you know, when is it time to ask them if they can help me or pass my resume along? And I say, you're, you're going to know, like they'll ask you for it. If at any point in time you have that bad feeling in your belly, like I'm abusing this relationship, you probably are. And you're asking for something too soon <laughs> right? because you wouldn't feel like that. Again, if you were in the grocery store, I wouldn't ask someone I saw for the first time in five years to watch my kids while I run to the second aisle. Exactly. Right? I would never do that. But if I saw my brother in the grocery store, I would because I have an ongoing relationship with him like that. Right. So if you feel uncomfortable with your networking activities, that's probably because you're asking for too much too soon. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good, good counsel. Well, Chris, well, this was really helpful. I, I you know, I want to recap. I have four points I heard. And if I miss anything, Chris, or misstate anything, jump in. Cause I'd like to try to recap for the audience. So, so the first thing I heard was get focused. What value, where do you want to be? Uh, because you mentioned three, three things up front, right? Fear, um, opportunities and lack of focus. Right. And so you talked about get focused, what value, where you want to be and build your brand around your ROI. Such a strong statement, build your brand around your unique return on investment. And you heard Chris talk about the question she asks, not just about the skill set you have, but what is it that you uniquely do that brings that to life? The second thing you talked about was having a strong online presence, right? So not just copy and pasting your resume, but really turning it into conversational language, adding those pronouns and such as if you were sitting across the table from someone. And then secondly, with that online presence, having some activity to go along with that to, again, be out in the community on LinkedIn predominantly. And I think the, the stat you quoted was 94% of people are finding their jobs through LinkedIn. Is that correct? Sure. The third thing was- 94% of recruiters are finding and vetting them through LinkedIn. Through LinkedIn. That's huge. 
the third thing was don't spam. Okay. So don't be a spammer. Okay. People will find you. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> create a real relationship first. And, and I think this has been something we've talked about on this episode for sure. If you've not heard the episode uh, with Billy Dexter, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode around how to make your net work. It's an excellent episode on the art and science of networking. Check it out. Uh, but Billy really talks about that and, and uh, everything that um, Chris just said just capitalizes on those points. Create a real relationship first uh, and then Think about it from a give and get perspective uh, in terms of value. And then the last point, failing to take action. So having a plan is one thing, but not taking any material action, even having a plan and allocating time. I love that point you made. Uh, That's wonderful. But are you going to take real action? So um, anything else, Chris? Did I miss anything? I would. Uh, no, but I, I would love to make just one more comment about Please. the opportunity piece. So I think that the candidates, the job seekers are fearful and they have a lack of focus. The reason I say opportunity is because, and part of you know how it was, I would reduce calm if, or reduce someone's anxiety. Yes, I understand that we are in an unprecedented time of, of um, economic turmoil. However, there are industries that are thriving in the midst of this pandemic. Mm. Think about the digital entertainment industry. Think yes. about online learning, delivery services, uh, even just those companies that are so large, they haven't been impacted substantially, like the large tech companies, things yes. of that sort. Consider that while you feel like the opportunities that are immediately within your um, you know, your spectrum of, of viewpoint might be lesser, there is, there's unbelievable there's a lot of thriving going on right now. There are a lot of people making a lot of money. So there are companies out there. There are opportunities. I have candidates that are being placed every single week. We've placed at least one candidate throughout the entire pandemic. So companies are still hiring. Yeah, that's such a great point. And you're right. I mean, even you know, the digital entertainment companies, amazing. I mean, just continual content. Um, and it, right? it, it's amazing the products that are sold out, right? When you go look for a certain product, you go, right. oh, crap, that sold out too? And then you go, oh, oh yeah, I can connect <laughs> right. the dots, right, to why it's sold out, right? Right. So- yeah. People are the economy is still moving. People are spending money with those companies. Think about what you have chosen to put your money into since the pandemic started. Start looking at those companies for some of the opportunities. Absolutely. All right. Any other points I missed, Chris? Nope. That was the last one I wanted to throw in there. Thank you so much. Hey, let me ask you this question. As a person who does what you you do, um, what do you do to keep your your skills sharp? You know, how do you sharpen your saw on a regular basis? Sure. Um, you know, I follow a lot of experts. I have the, the um, pleasure of having a lot of people within my network who have done some really incredible things within the industry. And I've been trained by many of them in some cases. So on, I'm, I'm in on LinkedIn. I log in perhaps 15 to 20 times a day because wow. that's a huge portion of my business. Sure. But I'm on LinkedIn and I'm stopping on those articles that are written by people that are out there being successful. And I'm just absorbing as much as I possibly can. Yeah. So following great people on LinkedIn listening to podcasts like yours, you know, reading books, just trying to do everything you can to just continually uh, take in all of the good positive energy from people that are out there doing great things. That's good. That's good. All right, Coraline Solution audience. So you heard it here first from Chris McWiggin. Um, As always, those are our thoughts, but we'd love to hear yours. You can drop your comments uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast or watching it. You can also send me your thoughts at jamesrousseau at thecoralingsolution.com. As always, I'll ask you if you find the podcast to be of value, hit the subscribe button, rate it, review it. It is helpful and appreciated. Thank you so much for linking up. And until next time, be safe, be sound, be informed, be empowered, be accountable. See you soon.